1: Detroit is different back in full effect here with somebody uh, again. He's like a consummate guest, but also one of the biggest supporters of what we do with Detroit is different. Uh, What what can we say? Uh, MC uh, MC and Molly So that's even bigger than MC and man that does all types of work with our village. uh, And, Uh, into accounting and and helping businesses get off the ground from a grassroots perspective, father. uh, And my homie, G-Mac, Greg McKenzie, how you doing today? What up, doe? Yes, sir, yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Curry. Oh man. All Thank the you. time, all the time. it's always great to have you in effect. And uh right now, it's uh, a couple different big projects when we think about when you connect to our African center principles. And one of the biggest uh, celebrations that's honored African center principles for years uh, for a lot of our people in the diaspora on the American side of this uh, is Kwanzaa. And Kwanzaa as we know In the principles and everything uh, Kwanzaa is based on the Nguzo Saba The Nguzo Saba was taken from Studies and research not just led By Dr. Marlana Karenga but many Of the other people that he was working with and studies and so much but Just like some foundational principles And what puts this together is a Kanara. A Kanara is the piece Or uh, the, the candle holder if, uh, if people would say like if you're Not connected with the culture brother You call it a candle holder but it it is the Kwanzaa Canara? And right now, one of the projects you're working on is going to be the largest Canara ever. And it's gonna be housed in the blackest city ever, Detroit. It's only fitting that uh Detroit City housed this Kwanzaa Canara, and that is a heck of a project that's going underway, uh, including a lot of different builders, architects, um. You know, designers. I'm I'm sending some of the storyteller narrative along with some others. Shout out Bridge, Detroit, Orlando, Bailey, Bryce Huffman, um, and, and and others. This this project was all encompassing, and right now we're it's actually reaching out to some of the members in the community that were like, "Hey, what's going on? Like, I, I want to be included in this project too." But uh, let's talk a little bit about the Kwanzaa Canar and Kwanzaa celebrations uh, For sure. moving forward. So yes, uh, indeed. <coughs> what, Kanara what, what, how did this come about yeah. what's the story behind it so the Motor City Kwanzaa Kanara has this
0: genesis in December of 2021 um, it's my understanding that uh, Councilman Scott Benson reached out to Infadici Marvis Cofield CEO and founder of Akubalon Village and said um, after observing the Minara in the D just and, and observing Quan's at our Kibeline village, um, just wondering like what was the possibility of having a uh Kanara on the scale um, of the other holiday celebrations that are presented in the the, the city center, Campus marshes. So you had a menorah in the D, you had a hundred foot tall Christmas tree, but uh, of the nearly ninety percent African American um, population in Detroit. Um, there's, there was nothing specifically to point to that cultural group. So um, he said, well, what's the possibility of doing a Canara on that scale? So, of course, Mr. Kofi said, hey, man, we built the pyramids. You know, we could build anything. And so they got off the phone, and then Mr. Kofi called me, and he said, Greg, what you think about um, us putting a Kwanzaa Canara in Campus Martius? you know, something – Uh, that's at the scale of, uh, you know, a larger-than-life type display. And so I'm very ambitious, and I don't really think that anything is impossible. So I'm like, yeah, we could do that, I'm sure. Not really knowing how, then I reached out to an architect friend of mine, Brian Cook, developed architecture, and I said, Brian, if I sent you a picture of a canard, could you scale it up to about 30 feet and investigate with me what it would take to, to build one? So this is the conversation that started back in December of twenty twenty one, um, toward the end of the year, um, uh, toward the end of the month rather, I meant to say, and uh started to the you know, the beginning, the seeds of this project that is now coming to fruition and is gonna be delivered in Campus Marshes
1: uh this this Kwanzaa season. Okay, so so since then a lot has happened. And first off, um i've 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 observed and captured some videos and some interviews of this coming together um it's a lot of wood <laughs> a lot. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know where you sourced all this stuff. How how did you go about even finding the resources to put all this stuff together? And then also, if anybody's like, you know, built a deck, uh, working at home construction uh, since COVID-19, it had a pack effects on everything. But the cost of wood has gone up like exponentially. It's like a sheet of plywood in 2018 was like, I don't know what, $13 or something.
0: I don't know the prices behind. But, her, but, but I know you know that, what I'm saying? Yeah, but now just,
1: if you buy it, it's probably you looking at maybe you could maybe spend about sixty dollars on some plywood, a sheet oh yeah. of plywood
0: nowadays, you know? The prices have certainly went up. Sixty dollars, woo wee, you buying some serious plywood. But no, for real, if I think carefully about it, our three quarter the three quarter inch pieces that we use, the four by eights, because they're pressure treated, were fifty dollars. Um, yeah, high forties, like forty-nines and some mm-hmm. change. So um, yes, the, the 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 lumber prices are up there. I mean, we believe it or not, I man, we sourced a lot of this stuff from um, the Home Depot and Lowe's outlets. The reason being, the lumber yards, believe it or not, prices were more expensive than those. Hmm. I would expect it to get a better deal at the lumber yard, Eastern uh, Distributors, or somebody like that, ABC Building Supply. But when I called them and I compared the price to Home Depot, they just didn't have. They couldn't compete They were at least a dollar and fifty cent or two dollars uh more than uh the per piece price I could get at home Depot in some places higher I mean in some instances higher and so uh they were offering shipping for seventy nine dollars and the rest is history but um we started off trying to build this out of steel wow and so that was the original plan this this structure was engineered in steel it was architected and then engineered in steel. To end up weighing about thirty one thousand pounds.
1: Yeah, I was thinking to myself like, how heavy would that have been? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying wood is light either. You no. know, what I'm saying like, especially this much wood. It's like right, it's really, heavy. it's it's seven light posts first yeah, off that yeah. that exists. So if if anybody's ever seen like a light post fall over or whatever, like that's not, you know, and try to roll it like yeah, those anywhere. are seven
0: hundred pounds each. <laughs> Ten inch diameter, thirty foot long light poles of seven hundred plus pounds. So even putting them on a high low and walking behind it with it in the air balanced, you know, at the center, it's still a task to wrestle with. And if you're if you're going too fast, it'll throw you around. So yeah, yeah it's a it's it's been a, it's been a, a, an experience. Um, yeah, it's of, like of so many levels, man. But the the, the steel idea mm-hmm. actually, um, it it just it, it beat us to death. We tried for about eight months to make the steel idea work, and
1: there was just no way to do it. Okay, and then I guess in this design, why did you guys uh, think steel first? Uh,
0: Durability. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make a structure that we could put in campus marshes year after year, Mm -hmm. um, and at least get about 10 years out of it before we have to do some major...
1: Yeah, renovate uh, like uh, up, well, like you know, light upkeep, like exactly. maybe repaint it and and retouch for the aesthetics, but not right. nothing like, all right, we gotta gut this and yeah, we don't want to rebuild it every year, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, steel
0: was the most durable material that we could do that with, but steel would have cost us about two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars <sighs> to to. Yeah, I was thinking to
1: myself, like, if wood cost a lot more. I can only imagine
0: how much steel would cost. The steel prices were through the roof. And our engineer, um, shout out to Juan Sneed, JMS engineer. And by the way, this is an all-black team, architects, engineers. And I say that in a very proud way based on the fact that Kwanzaa comes out of the black community. And so the Kanara that represents it to me was important to source a team that was all-black to bring it forward to Mm -hmm. the people. So, but anyway, Juan Sneed incredible engineer uh you know he was he was looking at the situation and like yo this is just not gonna work out you know what i said it's not gonna work out with the steel and uh the the pricing there's no way we can do this cheaper um than this like quarter million dollar ticket Mm and of course that was that was way outside of what we the originally yeah, yeah we we originally uh dreamed up something like 75 grand. um but when we were thinking of steel prices we were thinking in the past pre-pandemic steel prices
1: but still um <laughs> yeah, still had gone Both up pandemic and, and also just so that like this is this is really where um, life impacts like a lot of changes supply chain and everything like Steel, for the most part, is manufactured and created in China now. Like a lot of things, um, at one point in time, obviously, American steel was uh, a heck of an industry. We think of Andrew Carnegie, um, you know, and, and the monies connected to steel in, in the industries Carnegie created for the skyscrapers uh, across across America. Uh, but now, you know, you're you're shipping in steel. More than likely from either China and then different and then actually a lot of uh, places in the continent of the motherland in Africa. Uh, It's not, you know, in the production world, Uh, even lumber itself is is coming from across the world, too. But, uh, you know, which that's where where what was revealed. So a quarter, a quarter ticket, that's. That's heavy right there. Yeah, so we had we had to abandon the steel. So we started thinking about all
0: kinds of ways to do it. We thought about printing it in plastic, 3D.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but nobody has a printer big enough to do that. Yeah, uh, I was thinking <laughs> to myself, like, yeah. Uh-huh. We thought about, um, we came to wood last. We went to light gauge metal stud framing, and we thought that we found a solution that would work well for us in light gauge. We, we got closer to our price. We got you know a lot of our questions answered. But the light gauge still didn't quite work out when we started getting into the details of the engineering and fabrication drawings. So we ultimately landed on wood Mm -hmm. with a steel frame to undergird the wood, but the primary structure being built from
1: pressure treated lumber okay and then i gotta shout out detroit because this is another one of the places uh in volcano my my homie people know mike willingham um and, and review my interview with volcano this is one of the few places on earth where you have an abundance of black engineers and architects right. detroit it is abundant of that like you can't pull off projects like this and even in, uh, in, in Atlanta or Houston and some of these other places because it's an abundance of them. Like, you know, you may, you know, at the right event, you know what I'm saying, just like regular, you know, whatever, you know, little league football game, you know, three brothers can start talking some engineering and all of them are engineers mm-hmm. in Detroit. So that's another asset from the Detroit is Different lens that I like that you poured into because this is one of the few places on earth where you can actually get an all black team to engineer and design something like this. Right. Yeah. So, man, shout out to the guys,
0: man. They put in a lot of work. This wasn't easy. It went through several iterations, mm-hmm. several revisions. Um, but we found it. We found the recipe that would work. And so it, would, it ended up being pressure treated lumber um, uh, and marine grade plywood to cover it. And so we hit the ground running. We found uh brother, Steve Mason. And actually, ironically, shout out to Steve Mason, semi energy renovations. He's the carpenter working on this and he don't want no press. So don't put his picture up.
1: <laughs> mm, <okay. laughs>
0: like, no interviews, please. But um, yeah. Steve is one. Of, he's one of the hard work, hardest working, best work ethic people I've seen in the trade. Um, but he's done a tremendous job of uh, building the structure and pulling it together. And so now we have now we have a canar. You know, we have the whole structural part of it together, and those poles, back to those wooden poles. I had a meeting yesterday with the team. And I do
1: wonder, I I was thinking to myself as I was looking at them, because I've been to the site, and you all will see more of this uh, soon, like the couple with this next video coming. Like, I was thinking, like, they're gonna well they need a crane it's like they're gonna have to roll out and they may need a crane to line this up and then (laughs) place it like what's going on but this is definitely where like one of those people i did not like geometry but yeah geometry does play a role if you're doing stuff like this Mm -hmm. physics plays a role like all those classes that you know you were in high school like i ain't gonna never use this they're using a lot of that in this chemistry uh because of the weather treatment Mm -hmm. and then the E- the engineers need to do um you know they need to do the stress test on yeah, on on, on this low. because like I mean think about like how windy just yesterday was you know what I'm saying and you got these 700 pound uh post you know that that will be you know celebrated and exalted in, in the city you have to make sure that that stays. Structured, sound, stress tested, exactly. and all of that, weatherproofed, and, and and ready for the wind, and and other, you know, all of this comes it's into play. So much,
0: right? Mm-hmm. But when we were investigating the poles more closely yesterday, we discovered that uh, you know, we bought ten-inch diameter, thirty-foot-long utility poles mm-hmm. from New York, and they were trucked in. The best I could do to get a quality control on them was have the guy take a video and let me see hey. him walking around them and inspect it from that and say, okay, ship them. But, um, you know, we, we were looking at them very carefully. They are not all 10-inch diameter. Some mm. are 11 and a half some are 12, mm. some are 9. Yeah. Some, some are pregnant in the center, and so mm. we go from a 10-inch diameter in one place to a 13-inch diameter somewhere else in the pole like it's not it wasn't easy to see that on a video and so now the polls have a big question mark on them. But see, but that's what this project has been ingenuity. All along the way, there has been problem after problem after problem. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, man, why this just can't flow smooth? But now I'm like, okay, this is just our newest problem because we we have encountered problem after problem, and then we've had to develop solution after solution. This has never been done before. There's no blueprint. There's yeah. no track record, no precedent that we can follow. We're establishing it with the work that we're doing now. So um, mm-hmm. these polls most likely will get sold to somebody else, and we'll be using a very creative type of structure that you could see s- similarly used in the auto show um, applications, there will be a cylinder, a hollow cylinder that will come together sort of like a cage um, that will be snapped together in five foot sections. And so I a piece think of fabric. almost
1: like a. Um you know, and I've seen, yeah, like you said, uh, a lot of like exhibits, like where they'll have like, um, and it's similar to like the PVC piping, but like it's like a usually like some type of aluminum or something, yeah. like, and you snap those, snap those, snap those, and then it goes up, and then like you, you know, it's like design or something in yeah, the middle, a, but imagine a 30 foot long sock mm. that fit tightly over it so now you 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 and, and see I like that we're having this discussion because mm-hmm. this is like the bill not science guy and you know anybody knows me obviously I'm an inner nerd with all this information <laughs> I keep but you know this is how this is why engineering and solving problems what it looks like like right. what 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 uh what material do we need how do we you know how do we go about it and then even like you you have these posts and now you're you're not in the you're not in the selling 700 pound post business but now you you must <laughs> sell those to Absolutely. get back some of the money on yeah. what the materials is and and then along with the the sale it's like logistics like all of these things start coming into play down to the detail and you start understanding what the foreman and the project management and that's really your role in this you're the right. project manager of this what that role of project management is like your task with when everything goes smooth it's almost like you got paid for nothing right. but when the problems pre- present themselves you're the person that everybody's coming to. Yep, and you and you underpaying yourself for sure. No
0: matter how much you pay yourself, because this is an all night, all day. <laughs> you know, so if, if there's a problem, the other people on the team get to be like, "All right, Greg, call me when you get worked did. out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a, I'm a woods craftsman. That's what I do. I this, this uh, seamstressing uh, a a thirty foot, cause yeah, cause that now it's like fabric. Uh, making sure you have enough of that fabric. Where do you buy that fabric from? And then the seamstress that can sew that together. I mean, this ain't, you know what I'm saying? This ain't, uh, this ain't uh, you know, uh, my, I don't even know what, what it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. My Little Pony uh, dress socks type stuff. Right. This is like some real, you know, heavy duty, like we say. It yeah, still must do deal the deal stress the weather. test. Yeah.
0: It's all of the things. So, uh, but you know what, man, this has been fun. Mm-hmm. This has been a lot of fun to, uh to work through this these problems and to work with this team, um, everybody is, you know, very sharp and professional. They have a lot of expertise, which is very helpful. And yeah. being in the industry, as long as they all have, you know, I I even got to shout out the, the warehouse that we're using to build this in, 3LK Construction, Lorenzo Walker, someone else mm-hmm. who doesn't want any uh, credit or any uh, attention. But, I mean, he's given us this the warehouse space, for a very deep discount, first, let me say that. And then second, um, Lorenzo is plugged into the construction world in ways where if I go to him and I say, man, I can't find these scheduled 26-foot-length uh, pipes, <laughs> metal pipes that I need, he's like, oh, man, call Federal Pipe. Yeah. like And almost got the number off the top of his head type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean,
1: just an invaluable resource to the point mm-hmm. where problem-solving becomes that much more easy. So so with something like this is you're right. You're establishing the precedent and the blueprint so that, like, when Atlanta and Houston and the other cities get this, Oakland, um, as they get this, and L.A., um, they'll kind of at least have a framework around what this is. So that's the other task that I'm sure excites people, but also, you know, being ready for how this rodeo's going, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, what this rodeo is going to look like. Um yeah. And, and as all of this comes together, like, even as you buy supplies, like, so, you know, this is as much as we're talking Kwanzaa Kanar this is project management 101, 101 right. of knowing how, you know, how you have to budget and where you spend money, uh, when you spend money and being clear about, like, you know, it, it, you know, you know what it's like sure. buying supplies and talking to a person, yeah. you know, it, it it may be a difference between, If you buy right now, you know, Thursday at 1 o'clock versus (laughs) Thursday at 3 o'clock. Because that could be the difference between the shipment arriving next Tuesday and possibly Friday. So let me
0: share this with you. Steel quotes are only good for 24 hours. (laughs) That's how frequently the pricing in the market changes. Yeah, yeah, literally. So, like, if I got a quote today, if I don't pay for it today, tomorrow it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. And it could be different in my favor, but it also could be different. It's a, that's in my the detriment. gamble, yeah. Right. That's
1: the gamble. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You sitting here looking at the the elasticity in the market. It's like, okay, one second they <laughs> protesting in China and Hong Kong's. You know, they saying that the, the it's like, oh man, now nah, they protesting. Like, they thought they thought China was going to open up and, and and break its COVID restrictions. You paying attention to international politics, the impact a project that you're doing. Like this is life. You know, um and as you see my nerdness of it all. Like <laughs> Cause I you're giving me way more, more credit. Is, I'm not I'm you know?
0: not paying attention to international politics, but but it all I'm imp- impacts I'm this. impacted by them. Yeah. Uh in this project for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean all of this stuff impacts and, and it flows. So like I think it's keen to to be aware and then to still pull something like this together because you still have your deadline of when the right. project will be Red, you know what I'm right. saying? At the rib, at the ribbon cutting. Yeah. People are gonna cut and, right. and it's there. That's it. When will that be?
0: Uh December twenty-sixth is the official date that there will be a gathering held um at the actual Motor City Kwanzaa Kanar. But it's gonna arrive on December the sixteenth at four o'clock in the morning. Um and we'll assemble it and it'll sit there for ten days. Um, for many reasons. Um we'll be continuing to tighten the structure. Do finishing touches that you can only do once it's sitting in place, mm-hmm. and um just give some give people some suspense
1: mm-hmm. what is
0: this what what's, what's going on we, yeah, you know we'll there'll be information of course that will go out this will be you know another opportunity for more conversation more discussion um around it
1: okay all right now now with that um and, and, and it's definitely also, we're just speaking about the the build of it, but also like even within our own community, it's been questions and things like that. How have you, um, you know, uh, gotten some of the word out as, as Detroit is different is, is pivotal in that as I was like, okay, let me wait till at least the first week in December to get out some of the information. But in that, as some of this information is slowly released, yes. you know, and some of that slow release was something you didn't plan. Right, let's share and have that conversation. Yeah,
0: so basically, um, collectively, let, let me let me put it this way: There's a triad that assembled to produce this Kanara. Um, the idea came from Councilman Scott Benson. He reached out to our Village. Our Village jumped in to assemble the team to do it and to ensure that it was community led and guided. And then, uh, of course, things cost money. And so thinking in terms of who pays for the menorah, who pays for the Christmas tree, Downtown Detroit Partnership became the third leg of that triad um, because they provide the financial underwriting for those other two structures. Um, and so basically we all began to meet and, you know, develop the ideas and plans for how this would roll out. Um, starting, like, last February at some point and going forward every two weeks since then. Um, now, we're down, now we're up to meeting weekly because how close we are to the event. But um, at some point along the way, we collectively developed a press release. I co-authored it with Lisa Parham from the City of Detroit's Civil Rights Inclusion and Opportunity Department. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a very balanced press release. It talked about all of the parts, that go into this and took quotes from many, many people involved. Um, However, once that press release got out into the world, CBS News picked it up and they elected to lift only out of it the quote from Councilman Benson and Mayor Duggan, probably for clickbait purposes to get the most out of uh, visibility when they put it out in Mm -hmm. the public. But the blowback from that choice was that it made it look like the Kwanzaa Kanara was being given to the people of Detroit from the political arena instead of from the community arena. Mm-hmm. And so this thing belongs to our Kibbalan village, even though it's paid for by DDP. And even though the idea originated with Councilman Benson, this belongs to our Kibbalan, and in this way it belongs to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't obvious, uh, and that still really hasn't been articulated in the larger press media. That's why Detroit is different, and our own media outlets are important so that the stories that aren't clickbait-related can mm-hmm. get told, and the full truth will have an opportunity to have its day in court, so to speak. So, But the bottom line is um, that story's out. CBS put it out. Black Enterprise picked it up. Ebony Magazine picked it up. Some other outlets picked it up. But they picked it up and just regurgitated what CBS said, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so that's the main narrative that's circulating. And that caused some critique, and rightfully so, from some members of the community. And then to add to the climate, um, the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History, who, by the way, was the first group to commit to a sponsorship on this, back in January of 2022. Um, But they had an internal decision that caused Kwanzaa to be canceled for the seven days that is normally held at the museum. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's going to be held for one day now, Ujamaa. Uh, But the bottom line is, it started to appear to people like all of this was connected. Mm -hmm. The Kanara, the Motor City Kwanzaa Kanara uh, the closing of Kwanzaa at the seven-day level at the museum somehow seemed to be a trick of the political uh, system to deflect people's attention from what the museum was doing and throw their attention onto a trinket uh, of distraction, mm-hmm. and I can entirely see how that thought process could come together, mm-hmm. but the timeline of it is, is that's just not the case. It's Circumstantially it landed that way, but the reality is this thing started way back in December of 21. Um, and at that time it was intended to be a launch pad for the Kwanzaa Kanara that would be not the Kwanzaa Canara, the Kwanzaa celebration that would be at the Charles H. Wright Museum. Um, and once their celebration was canceled then we say, oh, well, we're going to need to do a Kwanzaa celebration. We can't have them veil this Kanara and not have a celebration, not knowing that the community would ultimately develop a celebration independent of the museum, a celebration was planned for the Mm Kanara. But once all of the, the parts started to talk to each other, I had an opportunity to meet with Black Legacy Coalition and some others. And so then I decided... Okay, so since now we have this celebration and there's a celebration that the community is going to be doing too
1: at the, King Solomon Church. At King Solomon Church every every night. So so in that I, I just want to rebut um or or add in, not rebut, but add into this. Um has been so many rebuttals for other stuff we are working on. Um this opens up a discussion that I feel like our community needs to have uh period. Um But let's let's just start with the Charles. I want to I want to speak to Charles Wright and speak to the Kwanzaa Celebration and some of the people there. But continue saying what you're saying. But I do want to like just put a pin right there because I want to speak to that in a second.
0: Yeah. So the King Solomon program on Monday is from six to nine. And our program originally was going to be from five thirty to eight. Mm-hmm. lighting the candle, the Kanara at 5.30, and then going into a fuller Kwanzaa celebration after. So we've changed that. Now the program is going to be from 3 to 5, and it's going to end with the Kanara lighting so that there will be time for folks to leave that and travel to the King Solomon, and they will need to try and uh, just to decide if they want to come to this. In other words, to not divide us, um, to keep it where we can do... Everything in lockstep with each other, Umoja being the, yeah. the the whole point. But, um, so, yeah, so that was me finishing that explanation of uh, just kind of sort of how the way that the press unfolded and the way that some of the other circumstances unfolded made some certain types of appearances that weren't ne- necessarily connected. Mm-hmm. And so... um uh, We've been spending some time trying to clear some of that up. I've been talking to some of our community members, and I'm, again, I met with Black Legacy Coalition. We went mm-hmm. on uh, Dr. Kofense Chike's show, Black in the Day 313, myself and uh, Kwasi Aquamu, and you know, just attempting to provide some some factual Contracts. yeah some factual information to dispel mm-hmm. some of the myths that have cropped up around the 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 slow rolling out of uh, the narrative. And when Detroit is different, narrative hits the streets, then people will have an opportunity to see the full story. They'll hear from the architects, engineers, every
1: all of the people involved to bring this thing to fruition. And 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 first off, um definitely when you speak to that uh first before I go to the Charles Wright, I, I think we need to we need to honor the fact that just because of the way we as black Detroiters have been treated for for some time now uh, and disregarded, um, it, it It brings about a lot of, you know what I'm saying? You know, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, talks like a duck, you know what I'm saying? It's a duck. But uh, it, it's that feeling. We, we've been we've been let out of so many and left out of so many conversations and things that happen in and around our city. Uh, especially when we think about this executive uh, body and the mayor, anything to deal with the mayor. I mean, just the fact that we have a white mayor in such a black city alone causes for a a, a contentious relationship of anything associated with that administration. And a lot of, uh, especially when we think of Kwanzaa, the grassroots activists uh, that that carry this and look to those Kwanzaa principles uh, as as values to center themselves, their family and their works. Uh, So, so that definitely is something to honor. But as I said, within um in, in, in the reason challenges, you know, may be raised. Uh, I've had this discussion many a times. I'm like, hey, challenge me. Bring, bring it on because it, it, I understand where that frustration comes from. You know what I'm saying? No if question. I get a grant and, and you know what <laughs> I'm saying, and, and move here, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you know that white guy and you were just talking to this person. Hey, you want to call me Uncle Tom, a Coon, a Sambo? I'm with it. Bring on that challenge. And I'm not necessarily saying I am that, but I understand where that frustration comes mm-hmm. from because having access to any of these assets, as I call it, of the machine, uh, uh, in, in some ways it, it – It separates you from our people that are, are, are where the assets are so scarce in our community because usually it's us having to engage with this machine to pull anything out of the machine and come back. So I'm understanding of it. A lot of us are not as understanding of it. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I look at Jalen Rose's response, like, I do more for the black community by 9 a.m. than all of you. And it's like, I don't think that's the response you should have, Jalen Rose. And shout out, uh, you know, one of my favorite athletes as a kid. You know what I'm saying? That's not the stance we take. We have to be understanding of these frustrations that can cause these confusions and where things can be deceitful because we have been deceived before. Sure. You know what I mean? This is the day I saw Riza Islam put up... Um, You know, the CDC today is honoring the legacy of the Tuskegee experiments that they did. And it's like, what do you mean commemorating the legacy of these Tuskegee experiments of allowing these black men to die with syphilis and watch them die? How are you going to commemorate that? You know what I'm saying? But this is this is the 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 work. And I'm sure it's it's brothers and sisters that work for the CDC. Like, we got to do something. This is why people didn't want to deal with us at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's it. Everything engaging in America with black folks is always to be looked at in question, especially when it looks as if being a black face, you're engaging in supporting the atrocities of what can be, you know, the criminal enterprise of America. Or it's uh, um, or it's, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess it's outreach and, and everything like that. So I'm understanding of that in the community, which goes right into the Charles Wright discussion. Uh, the Charles Wright Museum, and this is a Kari Fraser perspective. First off, uh, shout out Yolanda Jack. I got this email from her uh, a couple months back. I believe it's a, it's a money thing, um, and and it's very tough. Cause me as a person, not speaking for Detroit is different, and all the people of Detroit is different. I feel as though at one point in time, knowing more of the history of Charles of 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 Doctor Wright um, from people like Khalid and. Uh, and Mama Joanne Watson and others Like to see what's happened I feel like it's not as inclusive of community And one could argue it's not as inclusive Because that's not where the money at And and to keep that institution uh, to move ahead It takes money You know uh, when Wayne County decided to save the DIA And give some money to the science center it the Their partner right around the corner wasn't given anything But so it's like we we have such a black city, so the need of a black museum does play a role. But also the accountability and the inclusiveness with the community does matter. And Yolanda Jack, uh, I look at as like she's a part of of our community, but she's not given the same. Uh, and, and and this is my opinion. She's not given the same influence, power and 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 say That others that are outside of our community that sit in positions of influence at that museum have, but they will bring her out to engage with the community, knowing she has that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's tough because you know I've seen you know for generations and what it you know what it does. The museum's move to um, you know the African World Festival down to Hart Plaza. And, and the cost on top of being in heart plaza and, and what that is like it's been for a while that i believe this the museum had does not necessarily have the uh most sanctimonious relationship with the black community here for many reasons you know what i'm saying yeah you know it's 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 tough you know so that is that's that's one thing to speak to so now you 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 keep a day for vending because it, it it provides some um it does provide like a, a economic asset to the sure. museum and 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 in in the community and it's something that vendors look forward to mm-hmm. but you know you're no longer going to have these celebrations where a lot of these organizations for years have 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 leaned on and now they they switched to a virtual celebration you know uh but that virtual celebration during COVID was different and, and now people are looking for something in person and these organizations, you know, and, and just that reciprocity is not as much of a, a of a, of an open communication, I think between leadership in the museum and the community, because I believe now Yolanda Jack is put in a position where she has to speak for decisions that are made that she necessarily didn't make. You know what I'm saying? And someone does need to be in this position. It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough role And I'm not defending or, or, or admonistering it, it, you, you know what I'm saying Like anything But even Kwanzaa itself When we think of the way people um, Tie uh, a lot of histories that, that have been brought up between the US organization and some of the activism of of that organization that was led, you know, Dr. Maulana Karenga led and certain people's challenges of what why they feel as though Kwanzaa is something not to honor. It's like I do feel that the principles value something like these are discussions that we know we know are happening inside our black community, you know, especially the African-centered black community, you know, and. And we can't use them as ad hominem debates. Mm. We need to have more of these discussions. And I don't necessarily know, you know, this ain't the discussion because there's more right. people that would be needed. But these are things that do need to be acknowledged. But the principles themselves, those seven principles, and then I look at when I think of Kwanzaa and, Uguzo, and Guzo Saba, I think more Mami Imani Humphrey than I think Dr. Maulana and, and And how her book, The First Fruits, is the blueprint of what to celebrate and more so even than the celebration of what kwanzaa represents it's it's the principles and applying these principles to the harvest of our families our children our works our our role in community uh that's the value of kwanzaa mm-hmm. and where that represents as it can center us to move forward but there are still a lot of discussions to have in and around what this, you know, you know, nowadays it's also like who were the first people to celebrate Kwanzaa in, De- in Detroit? How did that happen? What what was, you know, what's the you, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are the ways and they engaged like it's many discussions, I think, that do happen. So it's it is. Um, it, it only acknowledges the the challenges we have as a community, as some as as things like this do arise they come about.
0: Yeah, let me share this with you as a, a major motivating factor for me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> I'll say it this way. Uh, Baba Malik Yarkini said multiple times, uh, it appears that as a movement we've largely abandoned organizing the masses of our brothers and sisters. We are organizing within the groups of us who are already to some degree initiated in the ideas of liberation, initiated any in ideas of, uh, you know, what it's going to take to attempt to restore us to uh, the greatness that is at war to be stripped from us daily. Um, but rarely is that conversation spilling over into uh, those of us who are not even thinking about these ideas or struggling with these ideas, at least in a organized group, Format Um, To me, the Kwanzaa Kanara gives us an opportunity to throw a strong beacon in a very visible place where many of our brothers and sisters will see it and potentially get curious, potentially become activated, potentially become um, more involved in the community. Kwanzaa has the power to do that. And um, I've I've seen it happen in a, in a, on a personal level and observed other people's Kwanzaa stories um, of it happening to them and with them or with people that they know. And so uh, I'm excited about the possibility of a half a million black folk um, pulling more of them toward the efforts that so few of us carry out on behalf of all of the rest of us like before I got into the I put up parentheses movement um I wasn't aware that there was a whole community of people organizing planning uh building institutions and etc to try and restore our people um but now that I am involved in it I see how few of us are and how much work it is to do on behalf of so many people Mm-hmm. So the the need to recruit and attract more people is critical,
1: and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to be a part of that,
0: and I'm out of time.
1: That works, man. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. We got uh, good story as always. Up. Get this going